a different outfit on this morning, and I had one of those mornings I changed it. I had Buckeye sneakers on, a Buckeye shirt on. I was going to wear it anyway, even though they lost last night. I just couldn't do it. So I'm a little bit down, so can you guys help me this morning? We're gonna, I'm going to say something, you're going to say something. 
and see if we can play this little game. At Church on the Hill, we're all about helping people know, find, discover, play. Man, you guys are good. Well, I guess I still made it here today, even though my Buckeyes lost, right? Because I need some God in my life, right? If you're a guest with us today, welcome. Uh, we have a guest card in the pew back uh, in front of you. If you wouldn't mind filling that out with us and dropping it in either on offering boxes or at our welcome center when you leave, we will follow up with you because we want to journey with you. Life is interesting, and we think doing it together is way better than alone. So if you do that for us, we'd appreciate it. On the back of that card is a prayer, uh, a place where you can put your prayer requests. We have a prayer team that will pray over those prayer needs for you. We will join in agreement with you, asking God to move. We will also rejoice with you if you have any prayer praises, answers to prayer. We'd like to hear those because this is a God who answers prayer. Three things coming up. One of them is prayer. 21 days of prayer. We always like to begin our year in just letting God speak to our spirit to move in our life, to change us, to speak and and, and, and encourage us as we, as we journey in 2020 together. So that begins on Sunday, January 5th in the worship time. And then starting on Monday night, we will gather for one hour from 6.30 to 7.30, unless you're told otherwise, 6.30 to 7.30 on Monday through Saturday. Uh, and we'll do that for three weeks. So I hope that you will come and just let God speak and unify us. The second thing I want to give you a word on that's coming is we're going to do an all-church journey called Grace is Greater. We just want to experience God's grace together and let God's grace move us from various places where we really just don't want to live. God's grace is so uh, behemoth. It's, it's never-ending. And we want you to experience the power of God's grace. And then the last thing I want to talk to you about is recovery. Uh, we have been searching, we've been thinking, we've been having small group teams really look at where we want to go from a recovery ministry perspective. And we're going to launch something in January. It's in your worship guide. It's called Life Recovery. And, and it's, it's a way that we really get into God's word and let God's word move us out of a place of, of really disaster we want to be a, in a place of wholeness. So if, if you want to join us, I think it starts on January 23rd. If you want to join and be part of that movement and invite your friends, I think that you will find it to be a, um, a life-changing experience. Would you guys mind standing? Greet your neighbor with the love of Jesus Christ, and then our worship team continue to lead us in worship.
love that one.
All I want is just to know your heart. That that would be the cry of all of our hearts. I've known the Lord for a lot of years, and that's still the cry of my heart. I just want to know him more. God, just help us today. God, help us to know you more. And God, if our hearts are crying out for something else, if our hearts are going out for something else, God, Lord, change us from the inside, God, that we desire you more than anything else this world has to offer. And we know that you're a miracle-working God, that you work all things for good, for those that love you and are called according to your purpose. And so today, God, we just want to say yes to you. We're all in, and we love you. Amen. And we can trust him, church. We're going to sing a song called Get Your Hopes Up. We serve a miracle-working God.
this and you can have a seat this morning the apostle paul says this in the book of galatians he says but i say walk in the spirit and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh how many of you on christmas day saw a little bit of the flesh okay so a lot of you do not have little kids then because when you have little kids, you see the selfish stuff that happens. I remember with my estrogen empire, my, our three little daughters, Christmas Day, they get so many gifts, and I'm thinking, wow, they don't deserve these things or need them or whatever. And sure enough, the next day, you know how it goes, right? They wake up, they're on the couch, they're grumpy, attitudes, dad, we're bored. Pile of stuff in the corner over here, brand new presents, right? Christmas brings out a weird season different philosophies from family members of giving, and it's just interesting to watch how these things pan out. But it's so natural in us to live in the way of the flesh. Me, myself, and I. Okay, what is best for me? We want these certain things from the world, and we always forget these things do not satisfy us. But we want more, and we get more, and we still feel empty. And Paul has a lot to say about this this morning as we'll walk through what he says to the church in Galatia um, but th- I was just thinking about 2020 is right around the corner. And as I'm setting new goals for the new year, I'm just thinking, man, th- th- as a culture that p- pushes like dependency, just rely on yourself. It's a DIY culture. Do it yourself. You depend on you. And I'm just like, man, I want my dependency to be on the Spirit because I want to have fruit of the Spirit. So one thing for you this morning, if you don't remember anything else, is this. Is it dependency? yields fruit. We can put that on the screen. That way they can see it too. Dependency yields fruit. So if all these things you try to depend on, nothing will give you the fruit that comes from the fruit of the Spirit. And this morning, if you are an agnostic or an atheist, if you don't know what you believe, we just want you to belong before you believe. So thank you for being with us. And we'd love to talk to you later. And this morning, I want to pray for you before we dive into this. The last proclamation of God's word in this building of 2019 before we enter into a new year. And I, I want to pray for you because I know for a lot of you, 2019 uh, was not good. You heard some news you did not want to hear. So I just want to pray for you this morning that your mind can be in the right place that you can receive the word of God. So just pray with me. Jesus, thank you so much for bringing us here today, God. I know there's people in this room that do not know you. There are people who are sitting here who have never said yes to you, And so have your spirit work this morning. Have your spirit help me and guide us well through your word. We want to learn about you. We want to learn who you are. That way we can understand why we are here, God. So this morning is for you. We just declare that right now and speak how you need to speak, not how I need to speak. And Jesus, I pray this in your name. Amen. The Holy Spirit. I do not know everything about the Holy Spirit. I feel like it's one of those subjects, the more I study, the less I know. Um, it just, there's this, this huge subject of the Holy Spirit. But I have been in churches in Chicago where I would say I saw the abuse of the Holy Spirit. 
And if you've tuned in on certain TV stations, you will see certain people saying certain things so that way you can fund their next private jet, which I would say is an abuse of the Spirit. I've been in churches where there's the neglect of the Spirit, which I say equally is an abuse of the Spirit. But I was in a church in Chicago. People were literally running around a stage, rolling on the the ground, screaming and laughing, throwing things at the band. And so I look at first and second, third, John, like, test the spirits, test the spirits. Okay, God, I don't want to judge, but is this of you? Does this edify the church? And then I go to other churches, everything's stiff like a library. No one can breathe. You can't have any emotion. I'm like, God, is that of you? Is that the spirit? Like, what is the spirit? And for those of you who know Jim Chase, and Jim, I don't know if you're here today, but if you are, put your hand up. Oh, no, he's not here today. We'll act like he's here today. Hello, if you're watching online, Jim. But if you know Jim Chase, this guy, like, when I look at his eyes, And two weeks ago, he said something to me right here. When he was talking to me, yes, I was a little afraid because he has this intense look in his eye. But I see that it is not Jim speaking. It is the spirit of the living God speaking through Jim. And I'm like, man, I want to be like that. I want this to be the year of the spirit because I want to have fruit of the spirit. I want to be dependent on that. So this morning, we're looking at what what Paul says in in his letter to the the churches in Galatia called the Galatians. And to see what he says about the spirit and the flesh, because Paul has a lot to say. So this morning as we dive in, first of all, we have to realize too, if you're sitting here, you're like, man, if you're a materialist, so you only believe that the physical stuff we can touch and feel, if that's all there is, I want to give you something to bother you. Because I had this wrestle in high school, it's inspired me to get back in youth ministry, to pass on the baton. But if you think this is all we are, just these... You know, bags of stardust just wandering around. There's no immaterial aspect. I think about, man, think about the laws of logic. So, like, even in music, a note, a C note is the same in Yamhill County as it is in Argentina. The laws of mathematics floating out. There was in a car a couple weeks ago. This guy's like, hey, Mark, do numbers exist? I was like, um, next level, here we go. I don't, weird debates, you know. But to think, yes, we have these concepts we can grab but you can't feel them. You can't touch them. They're immaterial, but they're very real. And my love for my wife, you can't put, test that in a lab. Like, it's authentic. I love my wife, but you can't test it. And so Paul's saying, hey, there is a spiritual aspect to everything. There is a soul, an immaterial part of you that has value. And Paul says this as we walk into Galatians chapter 5. I'm going to walk through a few verses here. Um, verses 16 through 25, just to see what Paul says about this battle. And so we have to realize, too, every time we open this book, it's hot, it's hard to touch because it's an active double-edged sword. So we have to turn on the AC. The A stands for author, and the C stands for context. Church on the Hill, let's say this out loud together as loud as you can. The A stands for? The C stands for? You totally smoked the 9 o'clock service. You You guys know how to do this. So author, the Apostle Paul, writing a church um, up in modern-day Turkey, the, the Galatia, these different churches up in there. And he's trying to get this church to wake up because these, these Jews that were now converts to Christianity, following what was called the way, well, they had issues. So they're getting persecuted because their Jewish family members are like, well, you still have to hold the customs and the law that we have as a family. And Paul's like, you actually don't have to be stuck in that. You don't have to be a slave to the law and stuck in doing. You can find freedom in Christ and Christ alone. So Paul's writing to this, this letter to them to give them some encouragement. 
that they do not have to be bound to the law. I'm going to read through this, 16 through 25, then we'll dissect verse by verse. And Paul says this in 16. He says, but I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. For the flesh sets its desire against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. For these are in opposition to one another, so that you may not do the things that you please. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the deeds of the flesh are evident, which are immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmities, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, disputes, dissensions, factions, envying, drunkenness, carousing, and things like these, of which I forewarn you, just as I have forewarned you, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruits of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Now those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions. And if we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. And so we're going to walk through this. What is Paul saying in this whole Spirit thing, this flesh, this conflict? So if we go back to 16... It's interesting because Paul, he starts off with a very simple idea. He says at the beginning, he says, but I say. I love this how he starts it in this section because he's going back. He was just unwrapping. Okay, don't be bound to the law. He says, you're listening to your family members, but hey, check it out. But I say, we had a well-known Christian leader a few years ago that said, hey, I don't care what Paul says. I know what Jesus told me. I think, well, hold on. So the guy It's pretty much in charge of writing half of the New Testament. The Holy Spirit inspired him. So when Paul speaks, there's this authority behind what he speaks. He says, but I say, so don't listen to them. Speaking of inspiration, he says, walk by the Spirit. Now, some translations have walk in the Spirit. I even said it when I started off, but it's walk by the Spirit, NASB. It's this whole idea of, first of all, there's motion. So in your Christian walk, you should not be the same today as you were when you first became a Christ follower. There should be motion and movement. It says walk by the Spirit. It doesn't say jog. It doesn't say sprint, unfortunately. It says walk by the Spirit. It doesn't say sit. But it's this idea that Paul is saying, hey, you need to go according to the Spirit. It's not about you. It's about walking by the Spirit in what they called the way. We hear this a lot in the New Testament, this language of walking, walking, humility and righteousness. It's used like over 40 times. We hear this idea of movement and movement. That's why our church has this four-pillar movement for you to get you in motion in your faith as a Christ follower. He moves on from there. He says, and you will not, I hear a promise, and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. So it's interesting, he's like, wait, hold on, is the desire not natural for the spirit? He's saying your desire naturally is for the flesh. When you wake up, you're not naturally like, hey, man, this is all about the spirit. You wake your natural intuition. Even as a Christ follower, the temptation is still there, right? When you wake up, your desire should be for the spirit and not for the flesh. In verse 17, he says, For the flesh sets its desire against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. For these are in opposition to one another, 
so that you may not do the things that you please. And as a little kid, I'd always hear this in the, in, the, in the scriptures, the idea of flesh and get different imagery of what the flesh was. And this morning, I think the best thing I could find was this chunk of meat in our fridge. So this, essentially, you are like a moist, glorified version of this. Like if you just think like material, just you and who you are, you're just a chunk of meat. And so we think we're so awesome. Man, we got a guy who can run 100 meters in 9.58 seconds. That's this like flying down the lane, right? It's amazing. And you think, hold on, this is really weak. If this is all we are, is this the flesh? There's got to be more to this. So an image to help you figure out the battle is this. We can put this image up there. This is just to think of the war between the flesh and the spirit. Uh, The flesh is pretty much you saying, hey, I want to do what I want when I want with whom I want. I want to do what I want when I want with whom I want. That's the natural flesh, right? But the spirit with the capital Y, and this is signified deity, so God says, I want to do what you want, spirit, when you want with whom you want. It's a huge flip because the culture pushes all the time that we do what we want in this DIY culture. You are dependent on you, lean on you. It's all about you. The Paul has a lot to say about the flesh. Even if we are living in Christ, the flesh can still tempt us. We wake up and the temptation is strong. And something that is so sad for me to see is that in the church today, in different churches, it's so sad to see how the flesh has corrupted the leadership of a church. And it usually starts with pride. And so in youth ministry, what I do, I get to serve with 31 of the most amazing volunteers with High Point from middle school and high school. These people that are lined up, ready, some of them serve like three days a week in youth ministry because we understand the urgency of the gospel getting to the next generation. But as a shepherd trying to protect our sheep, these students, and our 31 other shepherds, it breaks my heart that as we protect them, sometimes we have to protect these students against some of you. Because as a church, we do not reflect Christ often, do we? And so some of you, some of the people that warm up you here, and they're couples that are living with each other before marriage, sending this signal to the next generation, to the kids, that sexuality is just a joke, Corrupting everything we're trying to teach. The things we post on social media. Here's the party scene. Hashtag with a Bible verse. Confuses everyone. Because we're not walking by the spirit. We're walking in the flesh. So Paul continues with his warnings. As he goes through the importance. Of that we should not live by the flesh. But so many churches fall into this idea. That we get so busy adapting to the culture. To win the culture. By affirming the culture. Instead of letting the church just be the church. And let the spirit reign in the church. It's tempting. Right now across our country. I'm sure different leadership um, reigns are tempted in that way. But the flesh. (laughs) The physical body. Human fallenness, self-effort, everything that's weak, but we lean on this all the time in the flesh. And we wonder why there's such a little interest in sanctification today. Fancy word for ridding yourself of you, becoming more like Christ, this process of sanctification. There's so little interest in sanctification because there's so little interest in Scripture, which is the foundation of sanctification. And we try so hard to get our students to be captivated by God's word. We try so hard. And I tell you, 100% of the students I meet with 
that are going through a disciplinary issue, 100% of them are students that are not lost in God's word and acting on it. It's the foundation to walk in the spirit is found in scripture, not to walk according to the flesh. Let's move on. Verse 18, Paul, Paul says, but if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. So you're no longer under some external restraint. You're under an internal divine motivation. So no, no longer bound to the doing, but we're now free in the being, which starts with believing. So Paul's reminding them, hey, don't get stuck in all this legalistic garbage. You are free in Christ. Embrace it, but live in it. Don't walk in the flesh. Walk in the spirit. And now we get to the flesh even more with my jiggly turkey meat. Verse 19. Now the deeds of this, the flesh, are evident. And these are natural and these are easy as I go through this list. Immorality. It's natural. It's easy. Impurity. It's natural. It's easy. Sensuality. It's easy. It's natural. Idolatry. Look at social media and Christmas. It's natural. It's easy. Sorcery. It's weird, but it's natural and easy. Enmities. Natural and easy. Strife. Natural and easy. Jealousy. Look at social media. Natural and easy. Outbursts of anger when you don't use your turn signal. When you sin, it causes me to sin and live in the flesh. Use your turn signals, especially exiting a roundabout. Just help each other. Stop sinning so I can stop sinning. Disputes, natural and easy. Dissensions, natural and easy. Factions, also known as cliques, natural and easy. Envying, social media. Drunkenness, natural and easy, slightly expensive. Carousing and things like these. So Paul's saying, hey, this is not exhaustive. There's more to this. Of which I forewarn you, just as I have forewarned you, that those who practice such things of this, of the flesh, will not inherit the kingdom of God. Paul, that sounds a little exclusive. That sounds a little bit extreme. Will not inherit the kingdom of God. What does he mean by that? This is what he means. Those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. And that's what he means. Yes, this means eternal life. But he uses the word practice, which is interesting, which is a continual repeating, a seeking after. If you are sitting here and if you are walking in the flesh, if you are pursuing the ways of the flesh, Paul has strong words. You are getting disqualified from eternal life. So check yourself today. If you're walking in the flesh, which is easy and natural, you're not walking in the spirit. Paul has some pretty serious warnings that he throws our way. But if we are dependent on the Spirit, which gives us evidence that our life is rooted, that you are the branch that comes from a vine that's healthy, you're attached, that Christ is the vine and you are the branch, and hopefully we have fruit from our lives. So the good news now, we move forward. In 22, Paul says this, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. So if you live by the Spirit, you are not under the curse of the law. And some of you sitting here, you look back at 2019, you're like, man, I have not seen an evidence of this in my life. If you're thinking you have not seen an authentic joy You have not seen an authentic love. You have not seen a gentleness that will disarm your critics and confuse them. Maybe you are not walking by the Spirit. 
Or maybe you have never submitted yourself to actually receive the Spirit for the first time. But let's move on from there. In 24, Paul says, Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step. Again, this idea of motion. Keep in step with the Spirit. I love how he says this to keep in step because it reminds us again. So, so often, like I go to camps and different thing with youth, things with youth ministry. It's this idea of like, hey, you accept Jesus. He comes into your life. You put him in a little can. You put him in your backpack. He follows you on your journey. It's like, no, this is a huge game changer. No, the Spirit, you walk by the Spirit and step with the Spirit. You go with the Spirit. So the Spirit leads you. You lay down your life. That way you can walk in the life of Christ. So he doesn't just follow you along. He goes before you. He pulls you. He leads you and guides you into understanding. That is the work of the Spirit. And my goal of having this personally for me be the year of the Spirit. Look at Jim Chase and some of you. I'm just like, man, you are living by the Spirit. You inspire me. And living by the Spirit, I think, well, what does this look like in a daily routine? You know, how can I actually live that? And here are four things I try to live by. And I fail daily, but I try so hard when I wake up. Number one is this. I wake up ready for war. Some of you, you just get out of bed in the stress of the day, and you have your checkoff list, and boom, 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 you do the routine. The best way to get picked off in war is to not know you're in one. So to wake up, realize this is war. We have a spiritual war going on right now in this room. And to dismiss that is undermining the soul of Christianity. So wake up ready for war. Number two, let this, let this dictate your day. It starts right here. You can wake up, you try to do life off your feelings, oh, this and that, go off of other people's opinions, but it starts right, right here. The unchanging firm foundation of God's word is where it starts. And then also obey what you read. Don't just read for mileage. The average 50-year-old who's a Christ follower, 50-year-old, let's say they've been going to church one, one, one time a week, the church thing, midweek Bible study, maybe throwing a podcast. By the age of 50, the average Christian has gone through 7,800 messages. Okay, so we do not need another message We need you as a church to be the church. We do not need another church plant in this county. We need you to be the church. I look at you all this morning. I think about the potential in this room. If we activated and went forward, if we walked by the Spirit together, we would be unstoppable. But it starts with you, allowing the Spirit to guide you. And then the last thing is desire the Spirit. Do you wake up and have a passion to say, Spirit, this is you. I love you. Guide me. Or do you wake up and get distracted by the world? Start with the desire for the Spirit. There's so many things in the world that are so flashy and tempting. They're all temporary of the flesh. And if we wake up and say, Spirit, guide me today, it is so powerful if we start that way. An idea of came to mind a few days ago. And I was thinking back in a season of life when I just had to be very dependent on the Spirit. And some of you in 2019, you had to be very dependent on the Spirit. You've had doctors give you information that did not go your way. You've lost family members. You've seen tragedy this year. You've had verdicts go a completely different direction. You thought the verdict would go. 
I think about for myself, just the moment of brokenness was a few years ago. I remember the first funeral I did was for a six-month-old baby. And there are thousands of books written on bereavement and how to process grief and counseling. And nothing really prepares you when your hand goes up to knock on that door of that apartment to meet with a couple. And I sat in my truck for probably 30 minutes before just saying, you know, processing in my mind, okay, how am I going to walk through life with this couple? They're probably, God, they're going to be angry at you if they think you exist. So I'm trying to figure out how am I going to answer this. And then I realize as I walk through the door, Spirit, you just take this. I have nothing. My dependency is on you. To talk with them and to weep with them. I knew I was the one that was called to do this funeral because just two miles away, a little brown house by Memorial Elementary, was a healthy six-month-old baby girl. No tubes, no life support, no machines. As our, our little girl, Reese. Healthy. So for whatever reason, God said, hey, this other kid is going to now be living with him, now free from tubes. But it's those moments of brokenness in life. I look back, I'm like, I have no answers. I'm just some guy that was born in Toledo, Oregon. I have nothing to say. Spirit, speak through me. It's game over for Mark. This is where you come in. And for some of you in life, you have never submitted. You, you're trying to walk in your own flesh. You're trying to navigate life by yourself. And as we have the band come up to play, I want to give you a chance this morning to respond because there's no better way to start 2020 than to submitting to the work of the Spirit. And maybe for some of you, you never even made a first-time decision to follow Christ. So we're going to give you a chance to just use this stage up here, use this as an altar to come kneel and to confess and just ask for the Spirit to work in you. But before we do that, I have a challenge for you. Everyone, get out your phones Let's see your phones this morning. This, for me, this is what I do every morning. And you can customize this. This is just a Markism. You don't have to follow me. If you want to customize this, go for it. But type this into your phone. Like whatever time you wake up in the morning, put this in your calendar. Set an alert to it. I'm thinking, how powerful is a church would this be if we all woke up and we prayed this together? When I wake up, I say, God, today is not about me. This day is not about Mark. I lay down my life so that I can do what you want, when you want, with whom you want. It gets me to be more perceptive at the gas station when I think these things are temporary interactions, how I can be intentional with every interaction with every person I'm with. It's not about us. I think about the potential in this room today, where we could be in 2020, if we as a church acted as a church, if we walked by the Spirit. But for those of you who are walking by the flesh, you've been repeating a cycle of these things that are temporary that do not fulfill you, then this morning is for you. And during this song, I'm going to ask that you just come forward. And if you want to kneel and pray, this is your moment. We'd love to pray with you as well. I'll be up front. You can pray with some other church leaders. But take advantage of this moment just to start things right before we get into 2020. Jesus, thank you so much for your revelation to us, God. Thank you for this letter to this church. Thank you we, that we can learn from you. Thank you for your spirit as it guides us. And spirit, I ask that you convict and you empower people in this room, that our church might be a force in this community, that we can actually live by your spirit and not live according to the flesh. Jesus, we want to see evidence. We want to see fruits. 
of your spirit. We want our dependency to be in you. So help people in this room to live like you in 2020. And Jesus, I pray this in your name. Amen.
2020 to be the year of the Spirit. Well, it takes you as a church being the church to make this happen. And as a church here, we're trying to throw so many things at you. We're starting Life Track next week. If you are tired of warming a pew, if you want to get in the game, it's Life Track. That's where it starts. Next week, right after this service, lunch provided. 21 days of prayer is coming your way. An hour of your evenings to pray and fast and to forget about you and focus on Him. All church journey where all the ministries are on the same page, trying to help you in other ways too. That way you can live by the Spirit. So this morning, hey, we love you. If you want to pray, if you want to be prayed for, we want to pray for you. Um, Come talk to us later. But hey, go and live by the Spirit. Oh, the joy of 